A book of today's daf, Shavuot of today's daf is daf Yud Ches in Moikatan. Yud Ches in Moikatan. Again, we learned for Forshlem for Yosef Asriel Ben Chaim Michal and for Elozer Ben Reuma. Right to the top of the page, the second line Pinchas, Achud the Marshmul, Pinchas, the brother of Shmuel. See, sometimes Shmuel is called Marshmuel. He's never called Rav Shmuel. He didn't have Smichi. He was in Chutzlaretz, but sometimes he's called Marshmuel. Sometimes he's called Shmuel. So Pinchas, the brother of Marshmuel, maybe there's an opinion that Marshmuel is different than Shmuel. Isra ben Milsa. So this Pinchas was uh, in was sitting shiva. He was uh, <clears throat> in mourning. All Shmuel. So Shmuel, his brother, Lemishel, time of minute, came to uh, to comfort him. Obviously, with somebody who was related to Pinchas. Uh, it, not, not to that Shmuel wasn't sitting shiva for right, so he came to him. He saw that his nails were very long. His fingernails were very long. I'm like, am I look shocked? So why didn't you cut your why didn't you cut your fingers, uh, fingernails? I'm If you would be sitting shiva, like if it would be you, would you uh, be so disrespectful as to cut your nails in the middle of uh, shiva? Would you be so disrespectful? It's not a nice thing to say if you would be sitting Shiva. It was like a mistake. The Pasuk says in Perlis, like a mistake that went out from the ruler. He said something by mistake. Boom. This river in Milsa. Like, you know, what do they say? You know, from, from your mouth to God's ears or, or you know, and all the various cliches, these various words about, you know, he said something he shouldn't have said. And what happened, of course? So Shmuel also became sitting in Shiva. And now Shmuel was quite upset. Because, uh, you know, Pinchas said, uh, you know, uh, had you been sitting Shiva, would you be so disrespectful as to cut your nails in the middle of the Shiva? This reveals Mishmuel. All Pinchas are with the Mishmuel time of day. So now Pinchas, you know, I guess it was the next week. And uh, now uh, Shmuel was sitting Shiva and Pinchas came to comfort him. So Shmuel now took his cut nails and threw them in front of Pinchas. So there's your nails. There's your nails to show, you know, Omalay, Leslach, Bris, Krusalis, don't you hold up the word? This is also a, a, that, that line that, that, that a covenant is, um, is you know, sanctioned or, or signed by the lips. You know, it's uh, basically the covenant is done by the lips. You said something, you know, if you would be sitting Shiva, boom, look what happened. It's a Bris, Krusalis, Obviously, everything is Minash how things work out. But that's what it appeared. I'm like Leslach Briskus Hashemayim. Dumar Bielchin, where do you get this from? And I live Briskusa Lisra. Where do you get the idea that words alone make a covenant? Shinemar Vayomar Avam El Noor. Remember when Hashem commanded Avram to sacrifice Yitzchak, so he listened to him and he thought that's what he's going to have to do. Vayomar Avam. So Avram told his uh, his uh, servants there, Shvulacham Poem Achamor. You wait here with the donkey. We'll, I'll go with the Yitzchak. I'll go up there. We'll bow down. We'll come back to you. We will come back to you. Vistaya Milson worked out that way. They both came back, even though Avram didn't know. But like Mephoshim say, Nizrukabo, you know, a the Shechina, like, you know, he had like, he had, he had the ability to predict the future, right? He had uh, Das to predict the future based on just his words. You know, something that he he wasn't he thought he was going to sacrifice Yitzchak, but he can't. But and he said, "We'll come back to you." He wasn't Stam saying, "We'll come back to you." Like, you know, don't worry about it. We'll be okay. He said, "We will both come back to you." So because he said it, 
it, it happened that way. It was, it was all men Hashemayim that it's going to happen the way. So he had a Ruach Elohim, a Ruach of Nebuah, uh, entered him because of that, because he said those words. At that point, he said those words. But the words have an effect. That's the point. The words have an effect. As we say, bris kusel is based on Avram Avinu, and that same beer that you know we say mavas amav another pasuk in in uh, Mishlei mavas v'chaim biyada biyada lashon. You know you could do a lot of damage with just your words, but it's also that the words themselves can help predict the future. That's the idea over here that bris kusel is v'chaim that the words predict the future. So your words that about him sitting shiva uh, happened. So he was upset. So first of all, they said okay. What you're, what we're talking about here is that you're allowed to cut. That Shmuel says you're allowed to cut your nails uh, during the shiva. That's what he told them, right? Shmuel says, why didn't you cut your, why didn't you cut your nails? Like there's no problem. There may, maybe of the hands, but not of the feet. Here you see, calls him Shmuel, not Mashmuel. Lotion of the yad, lotion of the regal makes no difference. You're allowed to cut your fingernails or your toenails during shiva. But not with scissors. You're allowed to just bite them off or peel them off with your other hand, but not with scissors. That's more professional. That's improper to do during Shiva. I'm Rav Shaman Baraba. I'm a community committee of Rabbi Yochanan. I was in, I was at Rabbi Yochanan's, I was in front of Rabbi Yochanan in the base medish in Cholomoy, the Cholomoy. I saw him biting off his nails with his teeth. And he threw them away. Shmaminathas, you see three fruits in here. It's always Shmaminathas, right, Michael? It's never Shmaminathas. It's always Shmaminathas. <coughs> I guess it's always, you need a summary. If it's less than three, you don't need a summary. Here you need a summary, three things. Number one, you see you're allowed to cut your nails on Chalamoy. We said not with scissors, but you can cut your nails with another, with your other nails or with your teeth, whatever. That it's not repulsive to bite with your nails. In other words, it's not disgusting. Your nails aren't something that's disgusting and shouldn't, obviously your nails are, Exposed most of the time, right? And nails are a big thing. So, it's not repulsive for the guy to bite him up. And I say, is it repulsive because he's putting his mouth there? No, it's not repulsive. Even though he's putting him, he's putting effectively his nails in his mouth, that's not repulsive. You're allowed to throw them. He, buy, he bit him off and he threw away. Any of the time we learn, you're not supposed to throw your nails. Three things were said about nails. If you bury them, in other words, that nobody should get to them, you're righteous. If you burn them, so that nobody will even, even be able to dig them up, fuss it, then you are a pious person. Zorkan, if you throw them down, you're a Russia. Why? Time and my, you're a Russia. So how can you how can you throw the nails away? It says time and my, what's the reason why you shouldn't throw your nails or leave them around? Maybe a pregnant woman will pass by the nails, will pass over them, the top bill, and she will miscarry, either because of some sorcery involved or because of she'll find it disgusting and, and it'll cause her to be upset and she might and she might uh, miscarry. So it's not a problem in the base medish because there's usually in those days, at least there weren't women in the base medish. So Rabbi Yochanan, when he bit up his nails and he threw them on the floor, it wasn't uh, wasn't a problem. There was no concern about uh, about hurting a pregnant woman. But sometimes if a person puts them down, maybe after he puts them down, maybe he'll gather them up and then throw them outside. And maybe a woman would pass by there. Just keep in Once their place has been moved, the spell is, is gone. The spell that they could give a, the sorcery spell or the, or the, uh, the, the disgusting uh, smell or whatever, the, 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 with the repulsiveness of the nails, once they've been thrown away, has gone. And therefore, there's no concern. I'm Brian, Brian, yeah. 
Ephraim, three is a chazaka. So when it yeah. says shmaya halas, it's three. It gives it more uh, more more uh, power. Yeah, but yeah, chazakas if it's three of the same thing. Here we're talking about three things. But I I think it's just usually it's a summary that you know two you don't need your summary. You see it, but you see three things from here. That's a way. Maybe and it's also maybe it's an easier way to remember that you know, they, in this story it's not one or two things, but it's three things. It's it's that number one, you can cut them a chalamoy. Number two, that are not considered repulsive. And number three, you can throw them away as long as they're no concern about a pregnant woman passing by over them right at that spot. Zug A pair of rabbis came from that place with Rabbi, before Rabbi. Marzutra learns the same story, but not that Rabbi Yudah said it, but rather Masni. He learns that it as a brisa that Zug Rabbi. Big men, and they asked him this question. They asked him this question about Sipranaim. Are you allowed to? Uh, cut your nails during Cholamoy, and he was matur, just like Shmuel. Shmuel was later, but he said, just like Shmuel, that the uh, Rebbe was also matur to cut your nails during Cholamoy, not necessarily with scissors, but he can cut them off without scissors. And I could tell from the way Rebbe's attitude was that if he had asked him about, about trimming one's mustache, you see, you trim his mustache so he could eat properly, he wouldn't bother, shouldn't bother him, he would have been matur that too. Shmuel, I'm a fiction they even asked him about trimming off the, you know, the upper lip. They, not that he, not that uh, he saw uh, that either Abud or Mazucha says, I saw that uh, that Rebbe, from his attitude, he would have been mad to them. Then Shmuel says, I actually, they asked him, they asked that question, and he was mad to me to them. Amra Bitol Safra. That was his name. He was a barber. Abito was his name, and he was a barber. Mishmei Darab. He says the name of Rav following. Safra means Zavis. How much can you trim the, the mustache, meaning trim the, the upper lip, uh, from his beard on Chalamoy from one end of the mouth to the other. One end of the mouth to the other. Some change the gears a little bit. In other words, if it's preventing him from eating the food, it's, it's, it's the food is getting messed up in there and a uh, person has a mustache, I guess, knows he's got to be careful. So he says, if it's preventing him, then he's allowed to cut it on Chalamoy. So he says, from one end to the other, only if it prevents, it prevents him from eating properly. In other words, he said to me, everything is like a Savamakevis because I find it very, uh, Rashi says, I'm an istanist. You know, I'm very particular. I don't like, you know, I can't stand if the thing is, the mustache is maybe bothering me a lip. It's all like preventing the food and I'm allowed to. Another thing that he said has nothing to do with this, but it was, I guess he's not quoted too often in Shasta, it's by the barber. He said the name Rab Paro Shevimesha, the Paro. Paro, the king Paro, that was in the days of Moshe that we just read about a few weeks ago, who Amma, he was a midget. He was only an Amma in height, the Zikno Amma, and he had a beard the size also of an Amma. Uparmashtako Amma Vazeris. And his aver, his penis, was an Amma plus, an Amma plus Vazeris. The Kaimash Nemer to fulfill the words in the Pasik says, Hashem put, uh, put uh, upon them. Or who ruled over them, a shvalanishim, the lowest of men, you know, the, uh, a midget with uh, with weird uh, physical features, the lowest of men ruled over them. Right. He was um, he was he was a magus. He was uh, he was like a, one of these kind of magicians. Uh, you find him out at the water. Rashi brings down the Posigmar and Shabbos that says, what did, what do we mean by, by Amgushi? 
One is Echad Machashi. He was uh, a sorcerer. And he went out and he, you know, did with the water, he did sorcery. The sorcery. There was sorcery in the water. He was, uh, he was a blasphemer. I made the river, etc. He was, he blasphemed against God. So he was, uh, he was one of these um, um, maguses or magi. The plural, I think, is magi, right? That's what they call the gift of the magi, right? <laughs> right? Right. Right. So I guess I guess the word magician must come from there, right? Probably the magician comes from the word comes from there. Comes from there. Okay. Anyway, he was involved in source. He wasn't a good fellow. Let's put it that way, right? He wasn't a good guy. He was a midget. And he was. He had a lot of problems. All right. Um, so we said back in the mission, the first mission in the parak. Who is allowed to wash their clothing? We talked about about shaving and stuff like that. Now, who's allowed to wash their clothing? So we said a person who just came from Abam Dina Sam just got off the boat uh, during Kalamoi or, or, or a second before, you know, uh, Yantan didn't have a ch- chance to wash his clothes and an hour before, or he got out of jail or he got out of the captivity, etc. Or if he was, was a Nidoi, or a person in the Shalachachim, all these various things that who's allowed to go, who's allowed to wash his clothes. And we said also, you're allowed to clothe, uh, uh, hand, hand towels, bath towels, um, uh, things like that, 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 that those things are also allowed to be uh, uh, washed on, on Chalamoy because they're necessary for, uh, for them to be used, right? Necessary for use. So uh, either of the, the, of the Saparim, the, the barbers have towels that are necessary you know, to wash the face or the bathhouses, et cetera. And then Zavim, Zavas, Nidus, Yoldos, Cholom, Mitumalatar, all those things. So he said over here that the first thing is a person that came from the Nesayam, Amr Vasim of Yochum, we had this Gemara before, if you only have one shirt, you're allowed to wash in Chalamoy, even though you didn't just come out of jail or you didn't just kind of get off the boat or you, you didn't have some other uh, other pressing circumstance that prevented you from a washing before Chalamoy. You only have one shirt. Shirt got dirty. You ate on, you ate on Yanta, presumably. It's dirty now. And uh, you only have one shirt. You're allowed to. It says, the Mishnah said, who's allowed to wash on Chalamoy? And we just listed all those things. Menudah, Shetirah, all these various people who were Tomei just became Torah now. Only those things, Habam, Dinasayam, etc. Hani, Ein, Mishen, Lo, Elachol, Gechelo. A Mishnah doesn't mention anything about a person has one shirt. You're saying a person has one shirt, he's allowed to wash on Chalamoy. And we said, how do you, and we said, we had more before, how do you know that people won't think that he's going against the rabbis because he's only got one shirt, he's got to put on his overcoat or his overwrap on top and tie it with his belt so people know he must not have another shirt. But still, where do you see from the Mishnah? The Mishnah doesn't allow that. Only those, only the things who got out of jail, they got off the boat, whatever those things. But it doesn't mention one shirt. I'm a layer of Yaakov. I'll explain. I'll explain to you. The Mishnah must listen. I forgot this late trade. The Mishnah speaking. Even a person who has two shirts or more, umetanti, and they're dirty, he's still not allowed to wash them unless he just got off the boat or he got out of jail, etc. Because he should have washed them before Chalamoy. If he had a chance to wash them before Yantif, he should have washed it then. The Mishnah speaking about where he has two or more shirts and they're dirty. Too bad. You, you should have washed it before Yantav. But if a person only has one shirt, then it's allowed. So what Ravasi Rav Yochran is a member that if you only one shirt, that does stand. Uh, sent the following halacha also. Not only Rav Yochran allow you, besides the Mishnah's Heterim, also allows you if you only have one shirt, but Klei Pishnan Mutlachapsan. If you have most of the, the garments we're talking about in the Mishnah, we're talking about, let's say, woolen garments or made of other materials. But if they're made out of flax, they don't involve a lot of work. And therefore you're allowed to wash them on, on Chalamoy regardless. 
same problem. Masav Rava, how could you say that? If you have hand towels or or the towels of barbers, etc., those kind can be washed on Chalamoy. Haniyeh doesn't mention anything about Klay Pishtan, even though those don't involve a lot of work. And he says, Rashi says, the one here, the Rashi is going to the bishop, but the point is that he says the uh, the, the uh, barbers' towels are also made out of Pishtan. He says only those you're allowed to wash, not any any not any uh, uh, flax. Uh, to, uh, not any flex garments, any push though. Amalea speak about all kinds. In other words, other kinds of, uh, not all kinds, but other kinds of materials like wool and things like that. There, you're only allowed to wash them if they are, let's say, hand towels, bath towels, or barber towels, things of that sort. Only then you're allowed to wash them. But if it's clay fish done, which doesn't involve a lot of work, then they can always be washed, even if they're not barber towels or bath towels or whatever. Right? She says, I feel the Charmin, the Charmin, and going to the summer. Obviously, even though it involves a lot of work, you're allowed to wash them if they're bath towels or barber towels. I will sharpen the Charmin, and lo, I will clay pishton, I will clay pishton, and but right, but otherwise, I will sharpen other kind of kelm that are in other kind of garments that are not bath towels or barber towels. Uh, you're not allowed to, but clay pishton, maybe you're allowed to. And therefore, Rabbi Yochanan's second member can stand as well. Uh, the towels that are used in, in, uh, in um, you know, they shouldn't be working anyway. Chalamoy. Yeah, but no, but no, he's, 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 he's giving haircuts to the ones who just got off the boat, <laughs> the boat and the ones who got out of jail, etc. And that's when they were necessary. That's presumably what he means. Um, right, because that's, that's uh, yeah, I would assume that's what he means here, that uh, Safarim and, or let's say bath towels, they come out of a bath house, something like that. Bathhouse Bath makes sense, but this probably means if they were necessary, if you had to use them on Chalamoy, and you have no other choice. Moscow, uh, uh, then we have another story. Omar Barhedya, I saw, we're talking about the, uh, the clay pishton where they're allowed to be washed in any case because they don't involve a lot of work. So he tells, he tells, yeah, I saw people doing that. Omar Barhedya, I saw by the Kinarit up north, the Mafgile, they bring out. Meshichli demonikisna b'cholimoy. They bring out basins, baskets full, basketfuls of um, clay pishton of, of flax uh, uh, garments on cholimoy, and they wash them there. So I've seen uh, this is this is proof to what Rabbi Yochanan was matter. Maskel Abaye says, why do you have proof from what the what the people do up in Feria? Man leimala the bratzon chachamavdi. Who says that they do that? That they're allowed by the rabbis to do it? Dilman shalom bratzon chachamavdi. Maybe those people are exceptional. They're not. Uh, they're not following what the rabbi's rules are. You can't prove anything from uh, from those people up in Ferry. If you tell me a rabbi said it, it's one thing, but just tell me because just because you've seen people at the Kinneret washing their flax uh, garments on uh, Chalamoy, that's no proof that it's mutter. In any case, the Rabbi Yochman says that it is mutter because it doesn't involve a lot of work. So Rabbi Yochman's mutter, in addition to that term, in, the, in our Mishnah, in addition to those, we have if a person only has one shirt, or if a person has clothes which are easily washed, like things made out of uh, flax. <laughs> the following things be written. We're not supposed to write things. Stam, you don't write stam things on chalamoy, right? We're supposed to be careful now. It's only things that are necessary. And he says, these things you're allowed to be. Now here Rashi says that kedusha nashim means literally being makadish them. What do we mean? We learn in getting a kedusha, right? That isha niknas. Right, the kesef star of There's three ways to be kaddish nisha, either with money or a ring or or the value of money, which is a ring today. Usually we do that with a ring, uh, but it could be with money or any anything of value. Uh, kesef star, 
or Bia, or he could do it with the rabbis frown on that, but it was much to be to by cohabiting with her. That's also a Pikadashur. Or with a star, the star doesn't have to be worth anything. If it's worth anything, if it's worth money, then it's like Kesef. But even with the star. So Rashi says, you can actually give him Rashi says as we learned in the beginning of So that's how Rashi learns here. And the Gemara, we're going to see that it's not really necessary. It, it could be that that's the Pshat, but it could be there's another Pshat too. You can't necessarily, it could be that when he says Kedushin Nashim in our Mishnah, he's not actually talking about the actual Kedushin, which we do today at the wedding. We don't do it in those days. They would even kind of sure before. The Averson and the Gemara, we've talked this many times, Averson and Kedushin, which are synonymous in the Gemara, really means real Kedushin, meaning you need to get afterwards. He gives her a ring. And then they would wait six months or up to a year, you know, for them to acquire, put their house together and set and get ready to get married, buy all the clothes and get everything, dowry and all that stuff that they need. And then they would they would uh, consummate the marriage, let's say, make the Nisuin six months to a year later. That was the normal way they did it in those days. Today, to avoid problems in case the thing gets broken up, etc., whatever, in case they, they break up, then not to require, because after everything you need, you need, um, you need to get if they if they get divorced. In fact, if she's Mazan after Averson, the punishment is Skila. She's about going Srefa, but uh, but you get Skila, whereas if she's Mazana after full marriage, it's only Henek. It's like a lighter marriage. So it's it's very stringent, Kedusha is a very stringent thing. So how do you do it? You could you write, you could either do it Kesef Shtar Bia, and this is if you did it Bishtar, that's you're allowed to write that, you're allowed to get married, basically get married during Chalamoy. That's what the mission is effectively telling us. The Gemara is going to give another uh, Knech to say that it's not necessarily the Kedushin, but that's the Pashim Shat and Rashi here. The Gittin, and you could write a Get. They got to get divorced. On Chalamar, you're allowed to. Veshoven receipts that are necessary. Daitiki are like uh, testaments, wills. Matana, you write a gift. You're giving a gift to somebody. These kinds of things are all considered necessary. Prusbalim. Prusbalim, we write, we're going to, at, at the end of this year, we know that Shemitah is Meshamed at the end of the year. So before the end of this year, Shemitah, we write those who have loans outstanding. You'll never get your money back anyway. But but, <laughs> but if you have any loans outstanding, in order that Shemitah should not cancel the loan, which is what and Shemitah does. At the end of the Shemitah year, the loan is automatically canceled unless you give the loan over to Bezdin, which is what a Prusbul does. You're giving it over like to, to the Bezdin, so it's not you collecting. Okay, it's right at Prusbul. Igros Shum. If they write letters of assessment or valuations, uh, for example, like Rashi's says, let's say this can happen sometimes. It's very rare that there's fights over inheritances, but in the rare, rare case that there is, you know, there's a lot of assets, and uh, I'll tell you, I'll take the palace, and you can have the old jalopy, you know, like that kind of thing. So they have to they have to assess and value all that stuff. So they write that down too, so that there's a record. You need a record of who took what, right? So that's Igroshum, Igros Muslim. Or if let's say a man marries a woman who already has children, he takes upon himself that he's going to feed the children for X amount of time, like uh, you know, support them, support them. That's Igros Muslim. These things are all that's Shtari Khalitsa. He gives Khalitsa, you write a star. Now, what do you mean Shtari Khalitsa? Khalitsa is done with the shoe and the spinning and all that, right? But they write a star that she is that she's the that she got the Khalitsa already, just like today. Uh, he doesn't even talk about, we mentioned Gittin, but the truth is today, that's what people do. And unfortunately, when there's a get, they give the get, right? The man has to give the get to the woman in front of two Adam. I mean, it was usually the best to make sure it's all kosher, but it could just be in front of two Adam. Then they tear it up so that it shouldn't be used again by somebody else or 
to collect the ksuba again. Whatever the reasons are, it's better to tear it up. And then Bezin writes her like a uh, a writ that says, you know, you've been divorced. So she, if she goes to, uh, I don't know, Johannesburg and wants to get married there or something, and she says, here, I have a, I have a document proving that I've been divorced and I'm free to get married, so whatever. So the same thing is Shtar Chalitza. Uh, this would freeze, freeze her to get married. There's Chalitza applies today also. We don't do Yibam today, but Chalitza applies. Umi Unin, right? Uh, we just talked about a case last week that uh, it was a case that uh, I think Rabbi Simcha Krause was just nifter last week. It was some a case like that where uh, that a woman's husband got sick and died. There were no children. And uh, he left a five-year-old brother, five-year-old brother. And the, the, the chalitza couldn't be done until the kid's bar mitzvah. You can't do it when he's not bar mitzvah. So you'd have to wait. You'd have to wait eight years for him to be bar mitzvah. You know, complicated cases like that. Or there she was, loved Benin, right? Bar, yeah, bar, like, she she loved Benin, right, right. There was a case. I remember there was a case also we had heard about. There was a kid here in Israel got married, young, young kid in the 20s, got died. And, and he had brothers in America and the, they weren't religious. He was about Shuba and his brothers didn't want to have anything to do with chalitza, you know, ceremony. They, they thought the whole thing was preposterous and they didn't want to have any part of it. They're complicated issues. Anyway, umiyunin, umiyunin is if a woman gets married when she's not bar mit, when by her brother or, or mother, not by her father. Her father can marry off when she's one day old, um, but her father was no longer in the picture. Either he was dead or he had married her off once before. And so you, they, the, the brothers, her brothers or mother can marry her off, but it's only Kedushin Rabbanah and she can refuse it when she's bat mitzvah, as she's turning bat mitzvah. So if she was refused, that's also a shtar me. And people say, weren't you married to this guy? No, here's the shtar. It's like, a, it's like having a get in her hand. Bishtar birurin. These are like uh, arbitrations. Biru bezin chelik chelik You know, if there's some arbitration involved, all these things, xeris bezin. Uh, if Bezdin made a, a decree, a psaktin, or a verdict, and Rashi says it's a psaktin, which is simply a verdict, or Igor Shalashus. Rashi calls that Sivibukum Shalshitan. If the government made decrees or rules and regulations or, you know, uh, something about Corona, whatever, whatever the Misrata Briut came out with the latest thing, obviously they have to update it 16 times a day, even during Chalamoy. So those things are all necessary and can be written on Chalamoy. Amr Shmuel. You're allowed to get married to a woman What's his reason? Because maybe somebody will beat him to the punch. Maybe somebody will get her first. That's the Pashup shot. That's the Pashup shot that Shemi Kedmach. And that's talking what we hold that people do can, can get engaged in Chalamoy because, you know, this is where, you know, he's, he's only home from Yeshiva now. And maybe she'll, uh, you know, maybe she'll marry maybe somebody else. And, uh, and uh, you know, I just heard a good story. There was one on the internet, a good story about you know, this guy. He tells his Rebbe, you know, he wants to go home. It's it's Rosh Chodesh Adar, right? Rosh Chodesh Adar is coming up. Usually they go home from Yeshiva, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So he says, he wants to go home now. He says, why do you want to go home now? He says, because if I go home now, I could start dating. And I'll already be by Chalamoy, uh, by Chalamoy uh, Pesach, I'll be engaged. We'll get, we'll get engaged. And then uh, I can get married uh, uh, in the summer, you know, and, and Shavuos time when we go home in the summer thing, and uh, then I'll be able to come back and learn by Elzman, by Elzman. So I'll be able to, uh, to learn by Elzman. I have it all planned out. So the Rebbe says to him, well, when, when did you want to leave? Uh, he says, uh, on Monday, this coming Monday, I want to leave. He says, leave on Sunday instead. He says, he says why? So that the bris shouldn't come out on Shabbos. <laughs> 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 you know, he says like, you know, like he, 
everybody has everything planned out. You know, like he's making fun of them. You know, so he says mutal aris isha b'chol shemoy shemi kadmenu acher. Right, because maybe somebody will beat him to it. You're allowed to. So he says you're allowed to get married cholamoy now. So Gemara says, let's prove from our Mishnah. Let's prove from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is Kedusha and Hashem. You're allowed to get married. That's a very, very, very Rashi explained. Our Mishnah is It's my love, Star Kedusha. Don't we mean Star Kedusha like Rashi explained the Mishnah? He says, no, Mamish, like, you know, our Mishnah is Lo, Star Psikta. You know, we're talking about Tanoim. Tanoim. Star Psikta means that, you know, they said, how much are you going to give? You know, when they set up the parents to sit down and they discuss the finances, you know, how much are you giving? How much are you giving in? Yeah, you know, we gotta we gotta set up house over here, right? Give her a dowry. Then he made kedushin based on that without any kinyan. These things are kinyanim. These are acquisitions that are made. These are deals that are finalized just with words. You know, how much are you gonna give? Giving ten thousand? How much are you giving? Fifteen thousand? Okay, I ran Mekudashishli. In other words, those are like that's those are the conditions that turn on. That's what we're talking about. And as it could be that the mission when it says Kiddushism is not like Rashi explained literally how we have Maybe it just means uh Tanoam. So this is how the 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 proof is deflected, but the way Rashi explained the Mishnah, we're you're, you're still allowed to, as we'll see. So you can't give a solid proof from the mission itself, because maybe the mission is talking about Tanoam, it's not talking about Kiddushim. Let's bring a proof from here. Enos and we had before. Back on Davches, Enos and Nashim Bamoy, and I don't think it married. You don't have to get married, married, fully married on Cholamoy. Whether she's a virgin or whether she's been previously married. And also, you can't be Miyabin, your sister-in-law, if your brother died on Cholamoy. You don't get married there. Because that's a simcha. It's a simcha to get married to whoever. It's the first time you're marrying this woman, whether she's a virgin or whether she's previously married or whether she's your your sister-in-law, whatever it is. It's a simcha. And what do we say back in the chest? Why can't you get married on Cholamoy if it's a simcha? Because ain't Arvin simcha. The simcha shouldn't mix the simcha of Yantav with that simcha. Other opinions were brought down there. If you're allowed to, person won't get married until Cholamoy when he's you know, off from work or he's got plenty of time and then it'll delay Puhavu, et cetera. Other reasons were brought down over there. But it's basically, those are the reasons of Ein Marvin Simcha Okay, that was the basic reason. Okay, Hala Aras, sorry, says you can't get married. That's mashma to get engaged, what we call engagement or Erusin, the real real Erusin, is mashma's mutter. So that is proof from there that Shmuel is right, that you're allowed to get engaged on Chalamoy. Says no, that doesn't prove anything. Let me boy comer. Telling you this, let me boy la aris, certainly just to get engaged, a local mitzvah. There's no mitzvah in getting engaged if you're not actually getting married at that time. That's not really such a mitzvah. So certainly that you can't do. El Lisa, even to get married, now you to cover mitzvah, you're osik and pruervu. If you're living with your wife, even you're doing a mitzvah there, that's also also. So you can't prove anything from the fact that you don't get married on Chalamoy to uh, women that you're marrying for the first time. Um, remember it said over there, if you take it back to your wife there, you're, it's not such a simcha at all, whatever, but, but the, you know, take it back from, a, uh, you know, if you were married to her once before, but the point is, is that when he says it doesn't, when he, when he says you don't get married for the first time on Cholamoy, because it doesn't mean to say you could get engaged, it means to say for sure you can't get engaged, you're not even doing a mitzvah there, even when you're doing a mitzvah, you're getting married, you go some proof, that's also also, so you can't prove from there, Tashma, let's prove from here, the ton of the Beishmuel, now, Agamar reads Tana Bei Shmuel, but we're trying to bring a riot to Shmuel from Shmuel's own yeshiva. It's pretty strange. The the uh, if you look down in Rabbeinu Chananel, the first of the wide lines says Tana Bei Menasha. Maybe that's different. But that's maybe an earlier brisa. Tana Bei Menasha Ma'arsen 
you're allowed to get engaged on Chalamoy. You don't get married. Okay, you don't get married. We said, you don't make a big suda because again, it shouldn't diminish from the Simcha of Yontav. And you don't make even they should simply low. Okay, so that explains the whole thing Chalamoy. But he says, clearly, you're allowed to get engaged on Chalamoy. Okay, so here's our proof. So maybe at the end of the day, you know, so Shmuel is right. You're allowed to get married. You're allowed to get engaged on Chalamoy. And you see from the Tanah Bein Menashe also, you're allowed to get engaged on Chalamoy. And that's not considered such a great simcha. So it's not, it's not Marvin Simcha Simcha. The reason you can't get married is because that's Marvin Simcha Simcha. That's a great simcha. But engagement, not such a great simcha that you're allowed to do. And like Shmuel said, Shemi Kedmeno Acha, Shmamina. Says Shmuel, Shemi Kedmeno Acha. Does he really hold that reason? Let's say you could, we, we, we agree now that there's an earlier price says you're allowed to get engaged on Chalamoy. But does he really say that the reason is because maybe somebody else is going to beat you to it? Isn't this all Bashert? Right? If it's Bashert, you're going to get this girl. What do you have to rush into it for? It's sitting for you anyway, right? It's really the Gemara over there. It's the Gemara in Sota, right? You had other places that 40 days before the blood's born, Hashem says, you know, this, this, this one's going to get married to this one, right? These things are all predetermined. Who's going to get married, right? That this girl is going to marry this guy and this field is going to go to this guy. These things are all predetermined. What's not predetermined is your Shemai. Remember, is this guy going to be strong? Is he going to be weak? Is he going to be rich? Is he going to be poor? Is he going to be dark? Is he going to be light? You know, all, many things are predetermined by God. We have no choice in the matter. But your Shemayim doing mitzvos, that's all up to us, right? That's all, you know, that's all, that's, that's totally up. But but this thing is predetermined. So what's going on over there? Ella, so, he says, so, so Shmuel himself says that. Shmuel says, this is all predetermined. So why does Shmuel say, well, maybe somebody else will beat you to it and you'll get her first. Somebody else will pray and others will, will beat you in prayer. Now, some of our, now we'll, we'll see the story over here, but some of our say this means that uh, even though you're destined to get this girl, but maybe somebody else will pray and pray and pray and Hashem will change what was predestined. Sometimes that can happen. Like a person was predestined to die and they said prayers and they said kill him and Hashem extended his life, right? Things can change with Rachman. That's the Pashim shot here. But he tells a story like this. Rabba was listening to a man davening. The boy Rachman was davening. I want to get married to this particular girl. Okay, let's call her, uh, you know, whatever. Yenta. He wants to marry Yenta. So he says, uh, he wants to marry this girl. Omerlei says, Loti boy You shouldn't ask that way. If she's predetermined for you, if she's right for you, you're not going to lose her anyway. You don't have to pray that you're going to get her. The ilo kafarta bashem. And if you don't get her at the end, you're going to say, you see, oh, this might lead to fear because you'll say, see, prayers don't help. I prayed to God to, get, to give me uh, Yentel. And uh, he didn't get Yentl, you know, so it's not good to pray that way. Basarachi, after this, Shammai, Rav, Rav heard him again, the Kamar, he felt this, he said this, if he can't get this girl, if he can't get this girl, he doesn't want to see her fall into, this fellow who wanted to marry Yentl, he doesn't want to see her fall into the, somebody else's hands, like to marry, marry somebody else. So he said, either, uh, either he should die first or she should die first. In other words, he doesn't want to see her fall into somebody else's hands. Rashi says, Oh, you, Atzmo, or Rashi before says, Omar, Elo Mitzvah, if I can't marry her, Oh, he, Thomas McMurray, she should die before me, Delo, Efsei Kadmin, Spalacher, Betzarba. I don't want to see her marry somebody else. 
So the guy was praying, listen to his prayer. He says, he, he, said, he, he listened to Rav, and Rav says, don't pray, you're going to get her. That's, the, you know, either you're going to get her or not. So he said, listen, I don't want to say, I, I, I'm so attracted to her. Uh, either let, if I can't marry her, I want her to die because I can't stand the thought of her marrying somebody else. Or he himself, he himself should die. Oh, Atzma Yamas, if she's going to really marry somebody else, he says he was praying that he himself should die first, which is a very strange, strange thing, but that's what he or the guy. So there Rashi says, and therefore you're allowed to get married on Cholomoy. Why? Oh, because let's say you were, you were really, you were really destined to get married to this girl, right? But you're afraid that, so, but you're afraid maybe somebody else wants her and will pray that she should die. So she, she won't get, she'll, she'll never marry somebody else. Let's assume that that's the Takana. That's how Rashi learns it. Other Rishonim learn differently. It's a little bar, it's a hard Gemara to fathom. You know what I mean? The Pashtrat is that somebody else will beat you to the punch or somebody else will pray and get her first or something like that. Yeah, but on, on, on Amud Aleph, yeah. Right, right, right. Words can change things, right? Yeah, that could be, right, right. That could be, right? These are things that are really beyond our understanding. You know, we always pray for tefillahs, you know, that, that the person was destined this year. So here, but Rashi says, interesting that, that like, uh, you really can't change it. If she was destined for this guy, she was destined for this guy. But somebody else might pray that this guy shouldn't get her. And rather, she, he, she should die before she gets married to him. You're worried about that. So because of that, you should, you, you know, you can you can engage to her right away. El Hashem Gamerachman. Uh, like this story, and he says, "Oh, Thomas McCann." Um, so, so when he heard him say that, Rav, just to finish the story, the Gemara says, "Rava says." I hear him say, "Either you know, she either he himself should die first if she's going to be married to somebody else, or, or she should die first. Omerlei. So Rava said, didn't I tell you to boil the milk? I told you not to pray this way, even in this term. You know, you can't say you pray for the first thing you told them. Don't pray for that. Either you're going to get her, or you're not going to get her, or you're going to be kofar. So he says, okay, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to pray that if she's destined for somebody else, I don't want to see it. Either let her die or let me die. That's what he. That's what he said. I told you not to get involved in prayers that way. Okay. In any case." So because of that, to avoid somebody else praying that she should die, first to get married to her right away or get engaged to her right away. So that won't happen. The, that the, the other guy who's praying that she should die before she gets engaged to you, that won't happen. Okay, that was the story. Amarav, you see both in Torah, both all three in Torah and Vim three times, right? Avram, Torah and Vim three times. There's a chazaka, Hashem isha lish, that it's all from God. Who gets married to whom? Menatorah does say by Yad Lavan of Suel. By Yomer of course, with uh, with uh, Yitzchak and Rivka. By Yomer Lavan of Suel. By Yomer Lo. May Hashem Yatsa Right. This is the story. Right. That, that came out from uh, uh, Lavan of Suel that uh, Rivka was marrying uh, Yitzchak. A story with Eliezer the Eved. Oh well, there's nothing to say. May Hashem Yatsa They said it's from God. Right. It's God that they're determined that way. Menadim does say by Shimshon. It says Vav Bimo Lo Yadu Kimi Hashemhi. Uh, they didn't know that it was from Hashem predestined who he's going to marry. Your house and your assets, that you get from your parents, right? That's a, that's a uh, Yerusha, an inheritance from God. May Hashem isha misakelis, but a, a smart woman, that's from God. Who you get from uh, the woman, that's not, you don't get that from your parents, uh, you know, who you're going to get, that's all from God. So you see in all three places that, uh, that it's, pre, it's determined by Hashem, who you're going to marry? Sure. So it's more, but it's by shared. Yeah, the Gemara over there in in, um, in Sota 
uh, the, the first page of Sota talks about that, where it talks about, you know, 40 days before, uh, etc. So, you know, because he says that, that, that it's uh, predetermined, you know, that uh, Tzadik should get with a Tzadikis and a Russia with a Roshanta, etc. So, but it's all predetermined. It's all predetermined. The Mars says that's by the Zivik Rishon and by the Zivik Shani, it's, it's according to merit, so to speak. And remember, one of the Mepharshim says it's the opposite, the other way around. That the first time it's according to uh, merit, and the second time it's uh, it's not. Anyways, that's the Gemara in Sota. All right, um, back in our Gemara. The Amar Rav Mishum Rav Ruben Ben Etzrubuli. I'm the Mastisa Tana. Amar Rav Ruben. Some said it was learner Brisa. Amar Rav Ruben Ben Etzrubuli. Einer of Nash Bedaver Elam Kain Also Be Imloa. That this is, of course, nothing new with our Gemara, but it's because because of the author over here uh, of this Rav Ruben Ben Etzrubuli. That a person is not suspected of something, Elam Kane also, unless he's done it. In other words, where there's smoke, there's fire. If they suspect him of something, he must have done it. Imlaos, if he didn't actually do it, Imlaos, if he didn't do it all, Asim he did part of it. Imlaos, if he did part of it, here, believe he was thinking about doing it. He saw the people, it was in his head. He's not suspected of something unless it was at least in his head. He saw other people doing it and he was happy by that. Masim of Yaakov says, by Yachap of Israel, that B'nai Yisrael imputed dvar masher lokein al Hashem elokeim. They imputed things that weren't at all true about God. They were just doing it to provoke God. They, they knew that, was, that, wasn't, that wasn't what God did. It was just like uh, they were just doing it to, to provoke him, to, to make him angry. They were, they were jealous of Moshe. It's supposed to tell him it's saying that B'nai Yisrael was jealous of Moshe. He was, he was, in other words, he, he warned his wife, you know, he was jealous of Moshe, that everybody was suspecting that Moshe was going to go with this, everybody's wife, that they, they, they would, meaning that that's why Kenan Steer and Sota, right? You warn your wife not to be with that guy, Doug, stay away from Moshe Rabbeinu, right? stay away from Moshe, I don't want you being secluded with him. Everybody did that. How could that be? How could they suspect him? You're saying that People are not suspected of something unless they they either did it or they did part of it or they were thinking about it or whatever. How could that be? He's in motion. Awesome. Again, Mishum Sinu because of the hatred they did. They didn't really they didn't really do it. They didn't really suspect Moshe. They were just uh, angry at him. Tashma. Amar Biosi Yehi Chelki in Misha Choshenosa B'Dav Ve'Einbo. I should have a chelik. I hope to be a share of people who are suspected of doing something and it's not true because of that they'll be rewarded because. So to speak, they were shamed. They were suspected of something, and it's not true. And because of that, they'll they'll be rewarded. I said, I hope I'll be rewarded that way. But what do you mean? How can you be suspected of something? You just said you're not suspected of something unless there's some raglayim ledaver, unless there's some you know grounds for the suspicion. Brahmar Papa, they suspect me blahavibi, and there was nothing. And as we've seen cases where uh, you know you're suspected of something, even though there's no grounds for it at all. And Papa said they suspect me of something was low cash. If there's a rumor that doesn't end, you know, that doesn't stop, then that, that's based on grounds. But sometimes if it's just a rumor that stops, you know, that, that ends, that, that people stop, it was just a quick rumor that stopped, it didn't uh, carry on, then, uh, then, then, then they, could, they could be suspected of something, even though there's no grounds, because it, it was just a short-term rumor. Because Loposa got comma, how, what, what is considered an extended rumor that, 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 that there must be grounds on a fire, Amrly and my mother told me, his stepmother told him, don't uh, do me the must a rumor in town, Yomapag lasts for a day and a half. If it's a day and a half, then it's a solid rumor. I don't mean it's only if it didn't stop in between. 
if it could just people talked about it for a day and a half straight. I'm a pussy fan and but if it stopped in between less than months, no concern. That's not a valid rumor. And, and, and the point is, it's a rumor that has no basis. Even if it stopped, it's only it only is not considered a rumor if it stopped, if it stopped, if it didn't stop because of fear, like the person they were talking about, maybe they were afraid of him. Then then it then it's considered an extended rumor. Even that's what we say that if it stopped and didn't continue, didn't go straight through for a day and a half, then it's not a valid rumor. That's only if it didn't grow again. So if it, it, it sprouted up again, but if it started up again. Uh, then that's a problem. That's only if there's no, he has no enemies in town. He's got enemies in town like Moshe had. They were the ones who spread the rumor. So he says, basically, you know, there's many ways to get around this. He started by saying that a person is not suspected of something unless there's grounds for it, right? Where the smoke, there's fire. However, there's many exceptions to the rule as we as we've just discussed, All right? Tomorrow, Mishnah, we'll pick it up from the Mishnah. Have a good day. Shavuot to everybody.